It was the three chilling words that caught my eye that night. The panic in his voice as he shouted to them, I can't breathe. He repeatedly said this until the words could no longer ooze from his mouth anymore and the silence fell upon him as people shouted in anger at the police, all pointing their cameras at the scene. Those were his last words, I can't breathe. The last three words that changed America that night. No more silence, no justice, no peace. I want to welcome you to The Real Lives of Black Americans, season one, episode one. I'm your host, Destiny Tindall, and I'm 16 years old. My goal for my podcast is to be an eye-opener, not only to my peers, but to all of America, to the world, to our young Black people, our older Black people, and most certainly, to the system. To know we are going through so much pain, and during pain, we thought, we hoped, and we prayed will go away. But instead, history will forever repeat itself, and it's sad that our young brothers and sisters have to go through this. It's sad that our mothers and fathers have to lose their child. Sad that our children have to lose their parents to foolishness. It's sad that no one really knows the real meaning of respect. Today's episode is about an ongoing discussion in the media that has quickly escalated in the horrid year of 2020. Police brutality. Mr. Officer, Mr. Officer, y'all are killing us, Mr. Officer, what if that was my brother, what if that was my dad, what if that was my uncle, what if they were all I had, Mr. Officer. you guys and yeah in case you didn't know american ain't all peaches and cream especially with our president (laughs) but i ain't gonna touch too much on that that isn't my business and this isn't what today's episode is about police brutality i know police brutality has been an ongoing problem in the united states for decades on top of decades you'd think the more time we pass the better we get but that isn't true in this case It's hard for parents of black Americans to feel safe when they let their child out of the house. I mean, take it from me. I used to think my mother was overreacting when she'd always tell me and my brother she doesn't want me around people she doesn't know or never heard of, or she wants us back home early. Or she'd tell us, no, you can't walk anywhere by yourself or without adult supervision. I used to be so upset, but now I finally realize her purpose of this. I too finally realized why she was and still is so overprotective of me and my siblings. The things I see, the things we see in the media is the best representation of why our parents are so strict. For our safety, they just want us to live the best life, but they fear for our lives each and every day as white racist cops corrupt the system and take advantage of their power and not be punished for it. (sighs) I remember sitting on the couch one day and I couldn't I just, I couldn't comprehend what was going on, but then I understood. I could instantly see his pain. 
I could hear an anguished voice crying out to those officers. Tears were filling my eyes as I grew in frustration for the simple fact is, this is what we have to deal with. And you know, I never really realized that this is what my people went through. I mean, I never really paid attention to it. I knew about it, but like many teens my age, I was more so caught up in what my favorite rappers and artists were doing and about the latest shoe drops. Hey, speaking of shoe drops, did you all see those Jordan ones that just came out recently? The Biohack ones, at least I think that's what it's called. <laughs> those shoes are so cute and so different. I don't know, I just, I just love the way they look, like the different colors. It's just a multicolored segment like shoe. Like I saw brown, black, white, a little bit of pinkish kind of color, some green, like just a really beautiful shoe. I think y'all should go check them out. Again, those are the Biohack Jordan 1s, sold in your local shoe stores. Thank you for this brief interruption of Shoe Talk. Now let's get back on schedule. All right, y'all, and we're back. As I was saying, though, I never really quite, you know, paid attention to what was going on with my people, which I know was bad. Don't get me wrong. I really do know. I should have been more aware, but I figured, oh, people die every day like it's life but it was that man's death that raised absolute hell and chaos and man god dang it are we tired we are tired of enduring the pain and suffering the loss of our family members of our friends of our people because of the growing animosity the racist white cops have towards us man it's not even just the cops but racist white americans as well Sitting on that couch, watching as those three words ooze from his mouth over and over again, saying he can't breathe. Man, he cannot breathe. Like, get off of him. And I often wonder to myself, what would you do? If this happened to your child, what would you do? My question to those officers, my question to each and every officer who had anything to do with these police brutality killings of innocent black men and women and children. What in the hell would you do if your child or your mother or father or brother or sister was killed the same way you are killing my people? Just picking us off the list, one by one it seems. It's disgusting, it's sickening, and you should honestly be embarrassed of yourself. You're embarrassing your family and you're embarrassing your people as well. What I want y'all to do is I want y'all to listen closely to the evening that this happened. Just just listen. Already being arrested. And, and, and I don't need to wait on the facts. This is a violation of Minnesota state law. This is murder. It's either murder one, two, or three under Minnesota law, but it's one of the three. So I'm happy that the feds are investigating civil rights violation, but you can take all the time you want for that. There's really no reason that this officer has not already been charged with either murder one, two, or three. Thank you. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I mean, I watched the video. I discussed it with Tim Scott, my friend on the way over here. And to see the officer's hand in his pocket, he's under no threat, no danger. There, there's no resistance. And, and you've got a guy literally the life sapping out of him. Mm -hmm. And, and it is an inherently dangerous act. So it may not have been premeditated, okay? Take murder one off. But it's either murder two or murder three. And I can tell you in South Carolina, somebody would already be arrested. And if he weren't a cop, 
and another person killing someone in the street, asphyxiating them, they're already being arrested. You have to ask Minnesota why it takes that long to process a video. So as y'all heard right there, this man should have been arrested, but because he is a police officer, a white police officer at that, he wasn't arrested right away. We had to go through protests. There had to be riots that weren't even started by us, but we're not going to get into that right now because, you know, they think us black people are the main problem when we didn't even ask to be here. Let's keep listening. It's pretty clear to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm reminded of the other case that we were following of the man who was shot by the other two gentlemen in the pickup truck. And as soon as that video came out, that was really what precipitated uh, those, those arrests because everybody could see what happened. Now, that's going to be investigated. They've been arrested, and that'll go further. But your point is, is such a good one. I mean, when we have this video, we've also seen today surrounding videos, videos of him being taken into custody. He was handcuffed. He seemed to walk, you know, down the street. There were, this all goes back to uh, a store where he supposedly tried to pass off um, a counterfeit $20 bill. And then they called the police officers when the store realized uh, or surmised that, that that was what it was. Um, is there anything else that you see on any of these videos that give you any indication that this, this is something other than what it looks like, Trey? And I'm going to stop it right here. As y'all see, the whole problem with this whole thing was a counterfeit bill, supposedly, allegedly a counterfeit $20 bill. You called the police over that when you can easily just invite this man back into your shop and take whatever he had, just take it back with respect. And if you were so pressed that it was a counterfeit bill, they have those little pens. I forgot what it's called, but it's like a money checker. Like it, if, if it shows up, it'll let you know if the money is real or not. You just take it and you swipe it on the paper, on the money. So I'm not understanding. If you're a shop and you take cash and you're in store, you should automatically have one of those laying in your register or next to your register. No doubt about it. If you are going to accuse somebody of those accusations, it's simple. Let's keep listening because it gets it gets real interesting right here. No, I watched every video you can see, and I was a state prosecutor as well as a federal prosecutor. I did a bunch of homicide cases. You know, if I was a person of color, I'd be wondering how Dylan Roof, who killed nine black people in a church in South Carolina, could mm-hmm. be arrested without incident. But Mr. Floyd, under suspicion of passing a counterfeit $20 bill, can't even live through the arrest? I mean, I think that's what I'm not a fan of vigilante justice. I think you're just creating additional victims and you're taking away Thank from you. your argument. One but, by one. It, it would do us all well to take a step back and try to see the genesis of this outrage. Dylan Roof is arrested without innocent after he murders nine people, nine black folks in a church in South Carolina. And yet this guy can't even survive an arrest for a counterfeit $20 bill. It's disgusting. Say his name. George Floyd was his name. George Floyd is his name. Say it. Say it louder for the racist officers in the back who didn't take the time to figure out who this man was, to understand what he did, to ask questions first, to realize this is an unarmed man, a man who is not resisting. Say it louder for the racist white American. Say it louder for the people who believe all lives matter but don't believe black lives matter. How can all lives matter when you're killing black lives and there's no justice? Mm, Okay. (laughs) 
say a lot of everyone to know that this man changed America the day he died, the day he was killed innocently. I remember it being so chaotic that night, right? Starting in Minnesota, when it started to spread all over the country. Oh, y'all thought us black people started those riots? <laughs> no. Nearby cameras and people filming showed a white man smashing windows the first night of the Minneapolis protest. Here's the recording. could hear um that was there is a video on youtube and i will let you all know where to find it but as you could hear this was obviously not a black person starting these riots um there were plenty of protesters asking and pleading for this man to stop smashing the windows because they're protesting this is supposed to be a peaceful protest not a riot this was the first night of the Minneapolis um, protest that was going on. And there was a white, allegedly, it was supposed to be a police officer. There were a lot of speculations going around that this was a white police officer undercover ruining AutoZone windows. Um, AutoZone was the place that he smashed the windows of. It was the first and only vandalized um, lot that was, you know, that was destroyed in the first night of the protest in Minneapolis. Um, it's very disgusting and upsetting. He also said, I don't know if you all could hear it. He was like, try me and we can go right now. And it's disgusting because they just wanted you to stop. And there was also someone who yelled out, are you a F word cop? And that's what made everyone to believe. And there was also a picture floating around social media, um, Instagram to be exact. The, of a suspect which was a white cop and that's that ever since that night the country has fallen into full chaos whether it was protesting rioting looting or going on a no money spending strike it's a looting literally looting for the system to actually do something about the oppressors and let's just let's be honest if nobody started looting they probably wouldn't do too much anyways we tried to be peaceful, but it didn't work. Like I said, it took looting for the system to actually do something about the oppressors. I have friends, family members going on Black Lives Matter protests, risking their lives. People protesting and looting, vandalizing downtown Atlanta. We most definitely had an upset mayor that night, I could tell y'all that. With having a black mayor in Atlanta, she understands the pain that we are enduring at this time, even back in the day. She spoke that night in the most important 
thing that stood out to me were these words, and I quote, Above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years, 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday, when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out-concern me and out-care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day, and I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home. You can hear the pain in her voice. Not only was the city of Atlanta ruined, but she put her children first, as any mother should. Knowing how it is to be a black woman or a black man in America, nobody understands as we do. This is why we are angry. It isn't even like we asked to be here. We were forced onto this land by foreigners who stole this land, put on the bottom, dirtiest part of the ship, treated like animals and sold into slavery, to work for racist white people who didn't see us as humans then and don't see us as humans now. I mean, your president's son said it best. What'd he say? Oh yeah, you see these animals? All right, welcome back everybody. Today I have with me Elasia. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. So, today I've got a few questions for you, if you don't mind. Of course. So, as you've been listening to today's episode, tell me, how do you feel about police brutality? Well, honestly, since what Trayvon Martin, it's really just gotten worse. And honestly, like, 2020, I feel like it really just, like, was the brink of the edge for us. But like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmad, all of that back to back to back. And I just feel like for me, it kind of hurts to see my people just like out in the line, scared and hurt. And it just reminds me of like, it's like, it's like nothing's ending. Racism is just forever going to be here. And it's scary. I definitely feel you on that. I definitely feel you. Um, how has this made any impact? Like, has it made any impact on your life recently? Actually, yeah. Because like that really hurt. Like seeing... I feel like Ahmad, the fact that we didn't find out until months later, it was like shock, like self shocking. And then like after that, I cried when we heard about Breonna Taylor and how her own, 
her own nephew was like in that situation seeing that and then her boyfriend ended up going to jail for shooting back and was something he didn't even know and it just hurt like we went to what two protests and to just fight and I thought we were crying just hearing about stuff like that that's really crazy that's very crazy um have you or your family or like any friends or family members experienced any police brutality like hard brutality no but like softly like yeah would you like care to explain it if it's okay like been like intimidated like low-key threatened but i've never been like you know thrown on the floor or seen like shot or something like that Oh, okay, okay. And um, last question I have for you. If you were in the shoes of George Floyd or George Floyd's family, how would you have handled the situation? I honestly don't know. Because as in, as in like George Floyd, I don't know how I would have felt in that moment. Because if you saw the video, he's so scared. And I know me, I probably would have reacted the same way. Because you could just see the fear and anxiety in him. But as, like, his family, I know, like, I would just be heartbroken. Especially for, like, his daughter or stuff like that. It just probably hurts. Yeah, I saw the video. And she was like, oh, my daddy changed the world. And I just, you know, it it made me cry. Because, wow. It really did. Because she's so young and she has to go through that. Like, she no longer has a father. Like, I don't know how I would feel if my dad wasn't here with me. Yeah, I definitely understand you. Well, thank you for your time and for joining us today. Of course. And yeah, that'll be it. Bye. As you know, police brutality is an ongoing problem in America and all over the world. It's a huge problem, not only for my people, but to other non-white Americans. They have this depiction. They have this stereotype against us that we are all bad. Just like some of us have stereotypes that all police officers are racist. But they aren't all racist. I know this. I can say that my perspective of most white police officers have definitely changed because of what has recently happened. And I don't wish anything for them but to be brought to justice, to be put on trial and rightfully sentenced for their cruel actions to the people they have hurt and killed, the people they have let down. How can you be a police officer but not know your duties or protocol? Do the lives you're supposed to protect mean nothing to you? Where's your sympathy? Where's your kindness? Where's your heart? That's all I've got for you guys today. It's up and it's stuck. Get your knowledge in, you guys. Say it again. Get your knowledge in, you guys. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Get your knowledge in, you guys. Period. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. Yeah.